and notebook today um, because whenever I was preaching at KCU recently, uh, I had an iPad and it had 5% when I started, so um, it died halfway through and I had to make the rest of it up, so that was fun. Um, so hopefully my paper notebook won't die in the process. Um, today we're going to be continuing our study in the book of Ephesians. Uh, we're in chapter 5, so if you have a Bible with you, uh, please open it up to chapter 5. We're going to be starting at verse 15. Um, before we get into that, though, I kind of want to tell a bit of a story about my weekend, which was crazy, and, and Ben, you should be excited to know I had, a, I had the closest thing to a wrestling experience that I've ever had. I was never big into wrestling, that whole world. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ben shared with the youth group a while ago his um, lifelong plan of, uh, and dream of becoming a pro wrestler with the name The Evangelist, I believe, The Evangelist. So this, this weekend, I had the closest experience to wrestling that I've ever had. We were in Wilmore, just outside of Lexington. We're babysitting our nieces and nephews for the weekend, three absolutely crazy children um, who are a lot of fun. But anyway, so we turn up Friday, sort of late afternoon, early evening. We go into the house, um, and uh, they have two dogs, okay? So they have a golden retriever, Mix, which is literally the sweetest dog on the planet, just, just wants to cuddle you all day, every day. And then they have another dog um, who is also sweet, but is also 170 pounds. And is this giant St. Bernard mixed with a wolf or something. I don't really know. But um, it's this massive beast of a thing. I mean, just absolutely giant. Um, uh, like literally, if it just, sometimes it'll come up to try and say hi and it'll sit down. There was one time it sat down beside me and its butt hit a side table and it broke the whole table. And I was, <laughs> I was like, it wasn't me. But, you know, so this huge, huge behemoth of a dog. And... Uh, so I, I go around, you know, and I, I check on them, and the dogs haven't been let out all day. So I'm like, okay, right, I've got to let these dogs out. So the moment I go to the back door, Moose, which is the name of the big, big dog, Moose gets excited, he gets really excited, and unfortunately, when he gets excited, uh, he forgets how to control his bladder. So Moose just starts peeing all over the kitchen floor, and again, giant dog, giant bladder. Just, just continuous, I mean, gallons of this stuff just covers the entire kitchen floor. It is ridiculous. It's, sorry if I'm grossing anybody out, but it was just everywhere. So I'm dragging this dog with all of my might outside whilst he's peeing, just out through the door and clip him onto the chain. And then he finally stops and he just runs out into the yard because that's what he does. Now this chain had been used a lot and he takes off and the chain snaps and this dog just bolts um, all over the, like, out the backyard. There's no fence, so he's just... He's just going for it. And he runs straight over to a bush because obviously he wants to make sure that he marks his territory or whatever. So me in my socks running through a dog poop filled backyard, just sprinting after this dog. He stops to pee and I do the, I think it's called a spear tackle. Is that what it's called? So a full on dive, like horizontal in the air and tackle this thing to the ground, scare him. He starts running. I'm being pulled along by this dog and eventually managed to like get him under control and take him back into the house. But that was the start of my weekend with the kids, and that has absolutely nothing to do with today's sermon. But I felt the need to share it, um, because I don't have as many fun stories as Ben does, so I thought the moment that I have one, I'm going to share it. I was actually thinking the whole time I was writing this talk, I was like, I don't have a cool story to start this sermon with, and uh, God heard me, unfortunately. So uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Um, Today we're, we're talking about wisdom, uh, is, is the topic. So chapter 5, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray. Father, thank you for this passage. Um, Lord, you're a good, good Father, Lord. Just I pray that you uh, speak through me this morning and take all my words away and, and, and fill me with your spirit and, and uh, let me, let's dive into this passage and teach all of us um, something new about you and how we can continue to strive to walk in wisdom with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, when, when Ben asked me to uh, preach on wisdom, I thought, interesting, um, because I have none of it. So uh, I, I, you know, I'm a youth pastor for a reason. We just run around and play games, um, you know. And so wisdom wasn't something that I'm overly familiar with. So I did some research. Uh, so I have the the definition is uh, the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise. So if the worship team want to come back up, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but so wisdom is just one of those things. I, I. I hear about it all the time, and we're told to pray for wisdom, but I never really thought about it all that deeply and really tried to dive into it um, and think about it more and more. So I, really quickly, before we um, talk more about wisdom, I just want to pick this passage apart. Um, I want to look at, at the verse, at the structure, and sort of get little things from it and, and trying to see what Paul is trying to tell us through this passage. And the first thing that I noticed um, when reading this, I actually was reading it with a friend of mine from back home um, who you will hear a couple of other quotes of his about this passage um, in a minute. But when we were reading through it, he also pointed out this, that at the very start, it continuously has this back and forth. It's a continuous back and forth, and because Paul is making it very clear what we should do and the consequences of if we don't do it or why we should do it. Um, you know, verse 15, not as unwise, but wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Don't be foolish. Instead, understand the Lord's will. Don't get drunk in, on wine and fall into debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And I, I really enjoy these types of passages with Paul because he makes it clear. It's like, don't do this. Here's an alternative. Makes it very clear and very simple. Um, and, and, and he gives us a, a complete directive from the start and then the counter to it uh, and reasons for why we should live and walk in wisdom. Um, See, Paul's making it extra clear. Wisdom is something that we should all try and attain. Wisdom is not something that is to be held uh, and used by old men with big beards. That's, that's not the definition of wisdom, nor is that the only person to have wisdom. You can be six years old and be wiser than a, a, someone 100 years old. Um, every single Christian is called to search and attain wisdom. It's not something for pastors alone. It's not something for church leaders uh, on their own. It's for every single Christian. If you're a, a believer here today, um, you're called to attain and search um, wisdom in, in Christ. Uh, that is part of our role as, as Christians, is to be wise. Because again, as Paul clearly states, the alternatives are not good. Don't be unwise because the days are evil. Don't be foolish don't fall into debauchery, because these are things that happen whenever we, are, we ignore godly wisdom and we leave it by the wayside. One, one of the other interesting things, just in this next, past, uh, next verse, um, and verse 18, is it mentions alcohol. 
And I always thought it was a little bit of a strange time to mention alcohol, because in other passages surrounding this, and in most other scenarios when Paul is talking about sin in our lives, he usually talks about sexual immorality, impurity, and, and has a big list of things. But here he hones in specifically on one area uh, of life and, and talks about alcohol, and, and in particular, drunkenness, and being drunk and, and falling into debauchery, is the words that he uses. And I, 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 I mean, I kind of get it, but I wasn't too sure. And the friend I was talking to back home uh, was my, is my youth pastor, growing up, and um, really had a huge impact on my life, but also struggles with alcoholism. Um, it's been a lifelong battle for him. And uh, he, he made a very good observation that um, he has never, he's been drunk countless times because he falls into it and, and recovers for a while and then back and forth like, like any sort of struggle like this is. And he said that he has never had an experience when he's been drunk and he's come out of it thinking that was a God-honoring, beautiful, spirit-led experience. And he says he knows a lot of people who struggle with alcoholism and a lot of people who get drunk and he's never ever seen anyone when drunk in doing something that is godly, God-inspired, spirit-led. And because clearly whenever we we get intoxicated and we lose control of ourselves. We just start doing all of the silliest things that you can imagine. Um, Self-control here is a huge aspect of wisdom. So whenever I was thinking about wisdom, I was thinking, right, let's think about other biblical characters that I can dive into and sort of look at um, to talk about wisdom. So obviously the first one that came to my mind, anybody guess? Solomon. Yeah, that was the first one that came to my mind. And I thought, you know what? Everybody talks about Solomon. I'm going to find someone else. So I found this guy, uh, and his name is Ahithophel. Anybody heard of Ahithophel? I practiced for days learning how to say Ahithophel. Okay? Um, but there's this character. He's got a very small role in the Bible called Ahithophel. And he was around at the time of King David. Am I saying it wrong? Because there's giggling going over it. It's my accent. It's fine. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> he was around at the time of King David, um, he was an advisor to King David and to his son, Absalom, whenever Absalom overthrew uh, King David. So this guy, whose name I'm now nervous to say because of all the laughter, um, Ahithophel, uh, was known to be an incredibly wise character in the Bible. But his, his wisdom was very different to the likes of Solomon. Um, I'm, I'm going to read a couple of quotes about him. Okay, So we see in 2 Samuel chapter 16, uh, it says, Now in those days, the advice Ahithophel gave was like that of one who inquires of God. That was how both David and Absalom regarded all of his advice. So clearly this is someone who, who had wisdom like one who inquires of God. Like one of who inquires of God. It doesn't ever specify that he does inquire it of God. In fact, most of the advice that we hear from him, especially to Absalom, is the most ungodly advice ever. Yet he, had, he was renowned for being wise. Now, in a book called the, uh, the Talmud, which is a, it's a collection of um, uh, rabbinic writings from other rabbis um, earlier, and this isn't, this isn't part of canonized scripture, but it's other rabbis reflecting on the Old Testament. Uh, in the Talmud, it describes uh, this man as uh, like Balaam, who's another uh, very wise character, whose great wisdom was not received in humility as a gift of heaven, and so became a stumbling block to him. So this guy's really interesting because he has, he is known as having like wisdom like Solomon, like this incredibly strong level of wisdom, um, like that of someone who sought after God, like something that came from heaven, but just wasn't quite there. 
And that's where I thought this, this is really interesting because it seems like there are two very different types of wisdom. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to narrow them down really quick and just say that there is godly wisdom and there is worldly wisdom. And it's really important that we learn how to tell those apart. It's really important that we can figure out what does the world say is wise and what does God say is wise. So with worldly wisdom, um, most of the time, and, and we see this with Ahithophel and his advice, is it's all me-focused and it's all for the here and now. That's what our wisdom is all about. And I don't know if you've heard this phrase. I have never heard this phrase so much until I moved to America, which is be wise with your money. I hear that all the time. And that sounds like good, wise advice, right? But what, when people have said that to me, what they, what they mean by that is invest it wisely. Save it for yourself and, and, and don't splurge unnecessarily. It, it is almost always referred to when directed at me so far has been about use your money wisely for yourself. Save it for now or save it for later when you retire so that you can enjoy it later. Now, to me, that does not sound like God's wisdom about money. Anytime I read in the, in the New Testament of Jesus talking about money, what he, when he talks about money, he says, hey, uh, if you want to follow me, be willing to give all of it up at any moment. We've talked about that before here. Just be ready to drop it. In Luke chapter 6, he actually takes it even a step further, and he says, like, if someone, uh, if someone steals from you, don't even ask for it back. Well, that's countercultural for today, right? Uh, he also says that just give to whoever asks of you. But worldly wisdom would say, well, we don't know what he's going to do with it, so I don't, I'm not, I don't trust him, so no, I'm not going to follow that piece of advice. So we, we get these mixed up because we have this worldly wisdom that is so me-focused, and it's all about the here and now, and it's about me attaining things for right now, um, and we, we blend that into wisdom and claim it to be biblical wisdom when sometimes it's not. And we just have to be really careful as to what we say is wisdom um, and what is worldly smarts. You know, saving money can be a blessing and can be great um, and can be a really good thing and you can use it really well. You can g- be generous and give a lot to people. You can go on missions trips to, to Mexico, like the team that are going this week, and you can do a lot of good stuff with money, but to claim that holding it all for yourself and investing it wisely so that you can enjoy it later for your retirement, re- your retirement is not... It, that might be a good thing, but it's not in the Bible. So, before I upset anybody anymore, um, I want to focus in a little bit on worldly wisdom. Or sorry, godly wisdom, because we just talked about that one. Godly wisdom. See, godly wisdom has a completely different focus. Godly wisdom is directed by the Spirit. We see that in this passage. Um, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs. The Spirit is the director of godly wisdom. And it's so important that we grasp that because the Spirit is so important. Oftentimes, um, I know in my church back home, which is a, much, is a very traditional church, we preach about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. And we forget to talk about the Spirit. But the Spirit is such an important character, and He lives in us, and He directs us, and He can do some ridiculously crazy things through us. Jesus said that we're going to do more miracles than He ever did. Um, we don't really like that verse sometimes because that makes us uncomfortable. But um, the Spirit is a super important character. And when we listen to the Spirit and when we follow the Spirit, that's when the wisdom follows. Uh, it's not when we follow our own selfish gain of what we want, but it's when we follow the Spirit. You see, 
the Spirit's focus is not necessarily on the here and now, but it's on the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. What the, what the Spirit is focused on is, is bringing little pockets of God's kingdom here around us, in Grayson, in, in Kentucky, in America, in the world, wherever we are, whether we're in Mexico, in Ireland, or in South America, or wherever we might be, like that, that we take the Spirit with us and we go where God is directing us and we pour into that community and we, and we bring little pockets of the kingdom of God with us. And that doesn't have an emphasis on the here and now. That has an emphasis on eternity. Because see, whenever we share the gospel and people accept it and, 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 and believe in it and believe in Christ, dedicate their lives to Christ, you know, that's nothing to do with the here and now. That is about a beautiful miracle of eternity. The most beautiful and most amazing miracle of all time. You know, you know healings are awesome miracles. I have a story myself of a healing of my ankle, and it was really cool, but that pales in comparison to whenever God saved me and blessed me with an eternity in heaven that I do not deserve in the slightest. See, we have to remember that there is an eternity ahead. There is an eternity ahead. There's an eternity at stake for all those people around us, and wisdom, godly wisdom says, let's focus on that. Let's do whatever we can with everything that we have to pour into those around us, to, to pr- like praise God in everything that we have, to encourage our fellow believers and to go out into all the world and tell people about Jesus. That is godly wisdom. That's what we're called to do. Um, and the Spirit leads us step by step in how we do that. And again, worldly wisdom focuses on the here and now. Like just right in this moment, what can I attain? What can I get? What can I hold on to? Um, for this very short life. I actually, I had a very good experience of this while we were babysitting over the weekend. We went out for dinner. We went to Olive Garden, um, which, breadsticks, goodness gracious. But like we went out to Olive Garden and uh, they have these little like tablets, you know, the little tablet things um, that they can play games on. So when I was growing up, anytime the family was eating at the dinner table, no phones, no video games, were there as a family, right? That's the rules. So... Um, you know, whenever we got there, the kids were playing and, you know, we were all playing the little games and stuff. And then we got our food and uh, we put the thing away and we said, no, family time. We're over at dinner table. We're eating together. Let's, let's talk. Let's, let's be together in person. And that was great. That worked really well. And then as soon as the kids were done with their food, this is on the very first day, as soon as the kids were done with the food, the little boy turned to me and said, can I have the game? And I said, no, we're going to talk. And he said, yeah, but can I have the game? <laughs> over and over and over again. You know? And eventually I said, well, so he just got a Switch for his birthday, and he, was, he loves his Switch, his little video game thing. And I said, okay, well, here's, here's your choice. Do you want to play games? Because we're going to leave in five minutes. You have five minutes to play your game now, but if you play it now, then no Switch for the rest of the weekend. Right? No Switch for the rest of the weekend. And without a hesitation, he was like, I'll take it now. I was like, you're going to take five minutes of enjoyment over an entire weekend when you can enjoy your, your, your Switch. And he was like, yes. And I, it was just such a, I mean, this is a very young child, okay? So, but like, it was such a picture of how we respond to things on this world. We're like, I'm going to, you know what? I just want to enjoy these five minutes here. I'm not going to worry about eternity. That's not important right now because you know what? I'm young. Uh, I'm fine. Nothing's bad is going to happen. Whenever I turn 100 and I'm on my deathbed, then, then I'll talk about Jesus, you know, or whenever I'm, whenever I'm older, whenever I have a better job, whenever I have more money, then I can do more with it. And then I'll start to do ministry, you know, but for here and now, I'm just going to focus on me. 
And just like uh, our, our little nephew, like that is such a foolish decision. Such a foolish decision. There is, there is so much more to be gained from having an eternity of beautiful encounters with Christ day in, day out than following worldly wisdom here today. Right? I have a lot of friends who claim that drinking and getting drunk is fun. I, I've never been drunk personally, which might surprise you because I'm Irish, but I've never been drunk. Um, we, we have a bad reputation for that. Never been drunk. Um, never had a problem with it. My parents had a fantastic example of a healthy relationship with alcohol, and that's never been a struggle in my life. Now, there's been plenty of other struggles, but alcohol hasn't been one. And I have lots of friends in Lexington, especially, you know, bourbon country, of, who talk about how fun it is to go out and just lose yourself and just, you know, let yourself go. That sounds like the most foolish thing ever because whenever, if we focus here and now on, on what does the Spirit require me to do? What can I do in each and every moment? I mean, we see that uh, in verses uh, 16, make, making the most of every opportunity. That's what godly wisdom tells us to do. Make the most of every single opportunity. Make, make the most of it. Take God and, and, and all of your knowledge and wisdom of what the Bible says and the beauty of the story of the Bible and take it with you everywhere you go in every single encounter. You might annoy people with that, but that's what we're called to do. Tell people about Jesus continuously. We say that we've said this a lot of just indiscriminately. Anyone that you come across to be able to share Jesus with them. You see, the Bible is a beautiful thing. God is an amazing and wonderful God, and the wisdom that he provides is so much more rewarding than worldly wisdom based on the here and now. We don't want to end up like Ahithophel. We don't want to end up like him, okay? We don't want to end up like Solomon, who also had all this wisdom, but was also dragged down in the end by all of his stuff and his possessions that he was so focused on in the here and now. Didn't have a good ending. The most wisest man on, on, in the world. Um, but if we focus on godly wisdom, we focus on desperately seeking Christ in every opportunity, in every single moment, uh, and, use, and every, taking every opportunity that we can to share him with those around us. That's what godly wisdom looks like. Finally, how do we attain wisdom? Okay, and this, this is a very simple answer, and, and it's a beautiful answer, and it's found in James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you want wisdom, pray for it. Prayer is incredibly powerful. We focused on prayer with our youth group this last week. Prayer is incredibly powerful. Ask for wisdom, and God will offer it to you freely. Now, whether or not you choose to accept the wisdom that he gives you is maybe another story, because you can still follow and do whatever you want, follow your own path and make your own choices. But pray, ask God for wisdom. Because the wisdom that he offers is so much better than the wisdom of this world. And it, it makes you make strange choices. And this is, this is one other area about godly wisdom that, that, is, that is interesting. You see, we're so focused um, on right and wrong, right? We, that's, that's our mindset, especially here in the West. We're very much focused on the, like justice and right and wrong and laws. This is right, this is wrong, and that's it. But wisdom answers another question of, is this wise or is it foolish? Because there are things that you can do that are not sinful, but are really foolish. See, there are certain things, and, and you'll hear people say this, I hear people say this all the time of, well, it's not a sin, right? And usually as soon as they say that, you know that they also know that it's not a good idea, you know? 
Because there are things, even for this morning, right? I got up at five o'clock this morning to drive up from Wilmore to come here, and I did not have time to, um, I didn't have a shirt with me, so I didn't have time to get a shirt. I didn't have time to do my hair the way I wanted it to, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to put a hat on. And then I, God's wisdom came in and said, you know what? It's not wrong to wear a hat. It's not sinful, but is it wise in a, in a culture, in a community that might find that a little bit weird? It's, again, it's not, it wouldn't be sinful for me to wear a cap, but that's not the wise thing to do because that might be distracting or be a, just a point um, in, in this culture that, that, is, that doesn't appreciate that. So wisdom looks differently at things. It, it says, what can we do in every single opportunity, in every moment, to build up and encourage people to follow Jesus? Laying aside what we want, whether or not I want to wear a hat or not, laying that aside, which is such a trivial, trivial thing, to further the kingdom of God. So I'm going to invite the praise team to come back up as we close. Um, but again, w- wisdom is such an important thing, and it, and it is complicated because there, there is worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And so often we mislabel them. We label worldly wisdom as godly wisdom simply because we want our stuff. We want to do what we want. But godly wisdom says, lay aside your stuff and experience the beauty of everything that I can offer um, in this life and in the life to come. In the last verse, in the last couple of verses, it says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to know what someone full of godly wisdom looks like, they're doing that. They're doing that. They're singing praises to God everywhere. They're just so overjoyed with how amazing God is that they don't even care about the here and now and what's going on. They just want to praise God over. Like they, we sing songs over each other and, and bless each other and, and love on each other and, and love God most importantly. When was the last time that you were speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit in your nine-to-five job? It might be strange. You know, Ben and I meet every morning for coffee and we don't break into Amazing Grace, but maybe we should sometimes because Amazing Grace it is. So as we close and as we praise, let's take this week and ask God for his wisdom. Ask him to lead us and make the most of every single opportunity um, to further his kingdom because it is so worth it. That's what we're called to do as believers.